for a review that we have been talking about for so long. Um, man, it's hard to even know where to begin with this. So for those of you who just like, let's say this is your the first you're hearing about it. We'll just back it all the way up. Justice League came out in 2018. When that happened, it was a box office flop, number one, because the rev- it got tanked on Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, it, you know, people were telling their friends, I'm not going to go see this movie, and the word of mouth got, got around that it wasn't any good, and so it didn't do well. There was all this terrible press going on about how, you know, Zack Snyder, you know, was being babysat by Warner, and they were all over it, and then... He left because of a horrific tragedy that happened in his personal life, which is just awful. And they brought Joss Whedon in, and there was tons of bad press about that, and there were all these reshoots. And so the movie was terrible. And then after that, the fans were like, hey, since we know that this isn't the Zack Snyder movie, and we're like diehard Zack Snyder stands, we want the real thing. And so they started the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, which is one of the most successful hashtags in the history of social media because they got together petitions. They mobilized an enormous fan base and it got to the point where Warner could not ignore it anymore. And even though Zach didn't really want to work with Warner anymore, he wanted his vision to be fulfilled because he didn't, he felt like there was this movie out there that had his name on it that wasn't his. And so he felt like he he owed it to the fans because Zack Snyder is a good guy. You know, anybody you talk to in the industry will tell you that. And Warner felt like, hey, the noise is getting really, really loud. We need to answer it. And so they came to an agreement to release the Snyder Cut on HBO Max. Now, here's the thing. This is not just a cut of a movie, right, Kirk? I mean, this is, this is what, an hour and a half to two hours extra of footage that we didn't see that either had already existed or was shot whenever this was announced? Because there was a a ton that I think was shot and added after the fact. That's the question. That's the question right there. You know, how much of this was the old raw footage that they decided not to put into the theatrical release versus all of the $70 million poured into the Snyder Cut? I think it's the second one. I think that this thing, that it was bare bones, maybe it was in the original script and they stripped it before they filmed, but man, I wouldn't even call this a director's cut. It is a brand new (laughs) film. It is a remake, you know? Yeah, it is. And I think you can almost tell as it goes like, okay, this looks like something that existed before that just ended up on the cutting room floor versus, whoa, they did a hard cut and this looks different. And this is like, clearly yes. new and, and almost augmented the original film instead of just feeling like it was missing from the original film. It actually was built to enhance the original film. So I think there's definitely a feeling of that. This thing comes in at a whopping four hour runtime. So if you're going to watch it, be close to a bathroom or something. It's, it's <laughs> intense. It's a, it's a marathon, but yeah, this is not a traditional cut. So whenever you're like, why would they review the Justice League? Didn't that movie come out three years ago? This is a very different movie. And even though it has a lot of the same elements, it is a very different movie. So we are going to dig into it. I'm synopsing. That was basically part of the synopsis right there. Yes. But the other part is that this is the Justice League, right? This takes place um, pretty much immediately following the events of Batman versus Superman. So it's a sequel in an extended series. It actually backs up right against Batman versus Superman. They show like some of the beginning of some of the end of that film in the beginning of this one. 
Um, and basically what we're left with is spoilers. If you guys are worried about spoilers, you know, this is going to be a spoilerful review. So just so you know that there's going to be spoilers flying. Superman is dead. Batman is trying to grapple with the fact that Superman is dead. The earth is under attack now that Superman is gone. Basically the shield is down and Steppenwolf, who is this like extraterrestrial being has come into the landscape knowing that Superman is gone. And he's like, I'm taking advantage of this. He's trying to collect these things called the mother boxes so that he can effectively wipe out the earth and Batman having, Oh wow. You've got the Superman cape too. I do. I do. I thought I'd just put it on to color up my screen. That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, then Batman is left trying to pick up the pieces. He feels responsible for Superman's death based on the way that it went down which is basically he did he did kill superman <laughs> you know he, he shot did. a like krypton tipped harpoon straight through him and the bad guy from batman versus superman and so batman's trying to build a team together to take on steppenwolf and they're trying to figure out like how are we going to do this without superman good That's enough perfect. nailed okay. it man we got a lot to talk about in this movie but let's start let's start with just our superlatives and we can get into it as we go the first superlative we always do in a review if you're new to the show is the oscar goes to and that is for the best actor in the film i'm kicking us off and my best actor goes to batfleck ben affleck mr bruce wayne uh batman himself yeah there there's the mask kirk that's a good one i am um, batfleck I think the largest casualty of the whole like Snyderverse being pulled down is probably the fact that we don't get a solo um, Ben Affleck Batman film. I really think that he's an excellent Bruce Wayne. I really think he did a good job in this movie. And I think this cast overall has some pretty weak links in it in terms of performances. And in terms of the writing for some of these characters is not great either. But I feel like Ben Affleck was the leader in the actual plot of the movie and also among this group of actors. He's really out there like galvanizing it. And there are scenes where they're all talking where he's the one who's the conduit for the energy. He's transferring it to each person. He's, you know, picking up at the last person uh, left them, taking what they gave him and then giving it to the next person. He's a pro and he's a pro's pro. And Ben Affleck has been doing this for a long time and he's a great actor and I thought he did a good job. So I have to give it to Batfleck. I, I hope this isn't the last we see him donning the cowl. I know that it, I know that it's supposed to be, and he might appear in the flash or whatever, but it's too bad. It really is too bad. Excellent. I have uh, a choice for uh, the Oscar goes to that's shocked myself. Ooh. Yes. Because in the original cut in the theatrical release, he was my least favorite, uh, Mr. Ray Fisher. However, In this one, they gave him such a big storyline. They actually just just like rip your heart out storyline. And Mr. Ray Fisher is actually a good actor. Uh, yes. you, you couldn't tell that <laughs> yes. from the from the first film because you know his face is half covered by his uh, by his cybernetic organism uh, suit, and also because he just didn't have enough screen time. And all of the edits and cuts that he was in just were like broody with no no meat to it. And man, did they fix it. Did Zack Snyder fix it with this one that I actually was empathizing with Ray Fisher throughout the entire film. Man, I want to see. I know he's on in hot water with uh, basically all of Hollywood. He's been kind of uh, out, outcasted a little bit, but he is, I feel like, on the right side of that that strange battle that's that's going on, that strange power struggle. And I really hope to see him 
uh, come into the light with, with some cool things because I was on, on, I was glued. I was glued and cued in every time he was talking. Dude, I, I have to totally agree. And I think that, um, this, you know, every, all, every time there's like an argument between executives and an actor, it's very, he said, she said, obviously none of us are in on this, on the inner circle of this. I always tend to side with the actor because studio executives just seem like not great people. Um, but man, I think, I think I get why he was not having it with Jeff Johns and John Berg and, and Joss Whedon. I think they gave him a bad edit in the yeah. first movie in a major way. And they cut a ton of his scenes because of whatever disagreements they were having. And man, he, so he's my scene stealer. So that's why I'm leading excellent. into this. Um, I thought he was excellent. I thought far in a way he was the actor and character to benefit the most from the Snyder cut. I mean, it's not even close. It, like what they did with his plot line in this version was just in a different league. Like you said, just astronomically better. And he is the character actually um, because he's a, just a straight up good actor. And because they wrote him a better story, he is the one who drives a lot of the emotion. And he actually ends up being the most well-developed character in the whole movie with all these other big name superheroes. It's actually Cyborg who gets the best story. And I think it feels the best because his performance was so good. So um, yeah, I'm team Ray Fisher. I, I didn't really know where to land on that argument, but I 100% feel he got a horrible edit in the first movie of this film. And whether or not they gave him new scenes or they just like brought back scenes that he had before, either way, I mean, he's he's a huge beneficiary in my opinion. Definitely. And he hasn't even been, his filmography is relatively short. Uh, th there's like eight or nine things on there. Uh, he's currently in some sort of uh, upcoming uh, television series. I don't know if, it, if the first episode is released or not, but he's really... He's really uh, a diamond in the rough there. Uh, totally unexpected. Agreed. So I was super happy to see that in this. And I hope to see him in the future and other stuff, regardless if it's DC or not. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and and uh, who'd you go with for your scene stealer, Kirk? Mr. Ben Affleck. Nice. We flip flop <laughs> there. We flip flop. I like it. Yeah. So part of the reason why I couldn't go with him at the for the for the front runner is because of this. This movie was a remake. And you have interspliced scenes of new footage and original footage, theatrical footage. Ben Affleck was able to re-characterize uh, Bruce Wayne. He was able to look at the mistakes he made uh, in his acting performance because Ben Affleck is a good actor, whether you like him or not. And he was able to study himself and say, no, I'm not going to do that this time. The flaw in that is that the footage that was already used is also being interspliced with the Batman that you were and the Batman that you are now. I thought his adapted performance was fantastic. Uh, there, the vocalization was way stronger, you know, coming off of Christian, well, it was probably, you know, two years removed from the dark Knight when Batman versus Superman came out and, or started filming. Yeah. And when you see him uh, in this theatrical release, you really hear him with that growl, with that grumble all the time, trying to be Christian Bale. Like, you know, that, that worked for Christian Bale's performance, but no one said that Batman had to be down here or anything. So he just came out with a normal voice. Uh, it's most noticeable when they introduce uh, Jason Momoa uh, as Aquaman in that yeah. fantastic new intro scene. And that Ben Affleck, that was gold. And any scene that was newly filmed, I loved it. Scene stealer for me. Yeah, 
good call. I, I mean, good calls all around. I think it's a good thing to pick up on. And, and, and there were certain characters where you felt like you could feel that a little bit. And so that is what it is. That's the nature of the beast. And I think you can still look at it at a full, as a full piece of art and say, you know, here's what it is without trying to, trying to block out all of that other stuff. But it does appear, it pops, it, it rears its ugly head where you can be taken out of the film because you're like, whoa, whoa, that's new. That's a different characterization. That's a different tone. That's a different, you know, take on that character. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think they did, they did okay with that. Let's move on to Showstopper. And this is the thing that most impressed us about the movie. Um, my Showstopper is the final battle sequence between our Justice League, including Superman and um, Steppenwolf, which the scene in the first movie was an absolute joke. It looked so bad. It was like this weird red color in the background the whole time. It looked totally unpolished. It looked totally fake. Um, which I mean, stylistically Zack Snyder movies never look ultra real. He creates this like surrealist thing, which is an artistic approach that I don't always agree with because I just fundamentally believe that film should be immersive. That's its goal is to get you sucked in to believe you're there. And I've never really felt that way while watching a Zack Snyder film. Um, I get that we're talking aliens and superheroes. Like I, <laughs> I'm fully aware of that. None of this stuff is real. Got it. But I still feel like it should try to take me there and, and believe. It should make me believe. That's what film, I think, is for. But this battle sequence did a much better job of that. The, the backgrounds, the textures looked better. It didn't feel rushed. The, the, the battle sequence in the Justice League um, 2018 felt super rushed and it never felt like the stakes were super high because it's just like, okay, well, I guess we have to have a final battle. This is a superhero movie after all. And this one felt like they took the time with it. They had a plot within the, the battle sequence, you know, with Ezra Miller's flash, even though I thought he did a bad job during his big scene of like, yes. dad, I want you to be proud of me. I, I was one of the best of the best. Like I thought that was just God awful personally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't want that to distract from the fact that the actual overall sequence was really good. And, and the movie, it really rounded out the movie and it made it feel like, okay, we started with these mother boxes, which they did a way better job of explaining at the beginning with Diana's little uh, monologue. And now we're here and this is the culmination and there's dark side instead. Like, it just all worked way better this time. And I was very thankful for that. It was, it, it really, really truly was. Uh, cannot stress enough that, um, Oh, what's his name? Ezra Miller uh, should not be the flash. <laughs> it's, Dude, just... it's, it's bad. It just, and I think part of it is just, it feels so off tone from the rest of the movie. Like I get the, that they're trying to add some levity, but it's, it's really poorly executed. Yeah. Like there are plenty of roles out there for Ezra Miller. The flash is not the one. And if you notice, you know, they took out there's so many wisecracks in the first theatrical <laughs> release yes. like Ezra Miller well, I'm sorry I shouldn't say him but you know it was written in the script the flash will not shut up in in the original yes. and they really stripped that down which makes his performance relatable bearable except that part is like dude you missed your it's mark pretty, like what it's happened it's pretty bad it's it's pretty bad it's it's not well written it's not well executed i just think I was like, man, I know that they have to like do this scene for some reason, but how do you watch that back and go, yep, that's the take. That that's oh. what we want. That's that we're gonna we want the words to come out like that. We want it to sound like I just I don't know. It 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 
boggles my mind. I don't understand. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so my, my I don't have much to say. Um, my showstopper was the the stinking uh, Jason Momoa introduction. I just thought it was so perfect. <laughs> I've said it three times now. You know, before it was all of a sudden Ben Affleck has come down from this cliff and he's found this tiny house, uh, which happens to be like a tavern. And he goes in and there's a, there's this man sitting at this throne of power, just speaking to him. And he's like asking all these questions about, you know, trying to lead them on to figure out who's in the crowd. That is Aquaman. Terrible. So bad. Yes. And this one, they gave it depth. They gave it meaning. They gave it a twist. Like these guys like didn't speak English, you know, but they really did. I loved it. I loved that the gimmick that they were playing in order to protect Jason Momoa as Aquaman. It was just so well played. It was such a better introduction. This film did such a better job at introducing these characters, which is why it had to be four hours long yes. because not all of them have had their uh, their origin story at this point, which is why Marvel was so successful all the way leading up to the Avengers. They didn't have to give you the backstory because you knew it and it was ingrained. So hopefully with this with the Snyder Cut, they're able to... Uh, jump off and be successful so we'll see yeah all of that Uh, it's spot on and it segues perfectly into my director's shoes or the thing that i would change about this movie the thing that i would change about this movie would have happened long before this movie was ever even a twinkle in its mother's eyes or in this case its father's eyes Zack snyder because you're exactly right you know you, you sit here and go why is this cut four hours long? Well, it has to be. We don't know any of these characters. We have no emotional tie to these characters. Even this Bruce Wayne, we've only seen in Batman versus Superman, which they did not do very much character development. I think they must have been under the impression of like, well, people know Batman, it's Batman. Like, no, you still have to develop. Every Bruce Wayne is different. Every interpretation of that character is different. We still need to get to know that character. Right. And outside of Diana, um, Prince, you know, the, the Wonder Woman, we didn't really have that. And so that first movie just felt so hasty, you know, like everything was being thrown together real quickly. It's like, Hey, there's the Aquaman and there's a flash. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. How did we get here? Why are we even doing this? What's, what's happening? It just felt way too fast. And so, I mean, literally the first two and a half hours of this movie is just team assembly and character building. That's it. That's the whole thing. And I'm like, man, that is extraordinarily painful to watch, but I actually get it. I I know why he went that route. So it's just, it's a really ambitious movie concept to try to make a Justice League movie when we've been introduced to Superman and Man of Steel. We've been kind of introduced to Batman and Batman versus Superman. And that's really it, you know? Like, that's that's all we get. And now you're introducing you know, Cyborg and The Flash and Aquaman and Martian Manhunter, you know, out of left field. It's just like... And the Guardians of the Green Lanterns. like Yeah, the, the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, they like kind of toss that one in there. So it's just a ton. And then they, you know, he threw Darkseid into this, but I'm just saying like, chill. That's a really <laughs> ambitious approach. And it was it was almost never... It was, I, I can't think of a reason, a way that it could have been successful, personally. Not a chance. Not a chance. Even with the four hour cut. No, still no. So just personally. No, you're right. You know, this thing is four hours long. So I'm assuming that everything in that four hours is concise, right? Here's where I'm coming in at my director's shoes. No, no, not everything was concise. There were these strange like lingering shots that had no purpose uh, several times throughout, throughout, you know, they're, you know, whether they were 
um, after Amy Adams, you know, and we haven't even touched on Amy Adams as Lois Lane here. Um, but there are moments when she's like bringing coffee to this random policeman outside of the memorial for Superman. And there's just like, it takes her a really long time to walk up to the memorial and a really long time to walk away from the memorial. Um, I think the only scene that they shortened in this uh, that was longer in the original was Diane Lane looking at Clark's gravestone at the beginning. It was really long in Justice League, the theatrical release, but really short in this one um specifically as they're about to gear up for their final battle we had the the bay of the of the helicopter uh closing and you see batman just just slowly waltzing back to the ladder and then slowly climbing like that's that shot was probably like 35 seconds and it should have been a four second clip like it made no sense so in a movie that is supposed to be concise or if you have a four hour movie, the shots should be concise or you better have a really good reason for why you're lingering and have like an extra Easter egg. Uh, so I didn't understand that at all. And it made me mad because, you know, I probably had it probably could have been th- three hours and 30 minutes. Let's be honest. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, how much of this movie was in slow mo? Oh, stupid stuff. <laughs> so I'm, not even, I'm not even talking about the fight sequences. Let's say you did 100% of every fight sequence in slow-mo, which it's pretty darn close to that. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They're like doing people's hair in the wind slow-mo, yes. just standing there. I'm like, what? What? Like, I get that this is a style thing, but like, what is this style? <laughs> who, who wants this? I, I just, I can't make sense of it. I think probably I, I, I'm trying not to be like, I'm trying not to be hyperbolous here, but I'm just saying like, I think 50% of the frames were in slow-mo. Honestly, yeah, it's it's an, enor- it's an enormous amount. And honestly, last night when I was watching it, it put me to sleep because it was so drawn out and there's so much time. There's this one scene, this was the scene that actually put me to sleep where in the original movie, they do this thing where it's just like, we need to light the fire to let Diana know that like it's going down. Mm-hmm for real skis, we need to shoot this arrow and it's gonna light this thing on fire and it's gonna tell Diana that it's going down. They spend like 10 minutes like prepping the arrow. Um, Diana's mom like talks to the arrow and is like, please find Diana. I'm like, bro, what are we doing? How is this in this movie? It's just, it was so bad. Um, so I agree, I think, here's, here's the thing about film as, as a medium, it is concise. It's, it's not television. Television is long form. Movies aren't meant to be. It's meant to be tell the best story you can in two to three hours. And so if you're going to do it in four hours, like you said, you know, that's already kind of like stretching the bounds of the medium. And then to do it and to waste all this time with filler is like a really odd choice. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't fully understand. Um, all of that being said, let's move into our overall thoughts and scores where to begin? I feel like, was this movie, just face value, was this movie better than the original? Certainly. Certainly it was. I, 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 I personally feel that it was. I feel like everything, well, I shouldn't say everything, almost everything that they added enhanced this movie. I really do believe that. I think the real problem with this Justice League movie happened, like I said, way before the movie even was created. It's the poor character development in the movies leading up to this, this is a sequel, so it has to answer for its predecessors, and it just doesn't, it, it can't work. It just can't work. It's flawed at inception. You, you have these characters who are poorly developed. You have to try to develop them in a really short period of time. 
Some characters, Cyborg, for instance, in this edition, they did a really good job of that. Other characters, Aquaman, you know, The Flash, not not so well. They did not benefit as much from a recut. So I just think it was never going to be good. It was doomed. It was doomed from the start. And you know, then you take the fact that it has that same DC look and feel, which is just extraordinarily artificial. In fact, if they are going to go like why does somebody riding a horse have to be CGI? Can somebody tell me that? <laughs> like there are people who can ride horses, you know, yes. like you can teach actors to ride horses in fact. So I don't understand why we have to have a scene of a bunch of Amazon women riding horses and it's all CGI. Like that's outrageous. Yes. Um, so those sort of stylistic choices and the just sheer never using practical effects that happens in DC movies are still, are still present and I still hate it. Um, but I will say that from a plot perspective, it was, it was quite a bit better, though still not spectacular. From a character de- development perspective, it was much noticeably better. Um, but this movie is still lacking in so many areas that it's a 5.2 out of 10 kernels for me. All right. All right. I have to tell you, I love that you fell asleep during that that scene uh, where, where, <laughs> where she's talking to the was Find Diana. Um, because... I fell asleep in that exact same scene. I kid no you not. No way. That is you awesome. Not. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I started watching Thursday night because I knew that I had a lot of stuff to do. So I watched it Thursday, uh, Friday, and today. So uh, today is the day that we're recording, Saturday. I woke up on Friday and I was like rewinding. I was like, oh, yeah, this part was really kind of kind of boring. So I love that that happened to both of us. Uh, I, I'm dying. I'm, I'm tired. That's, thinking. A, that's incredible. I love I'm it. I'm getting tired of thinking of it because it was just so, <laughs> so drawn out. It was so, so drawn out. Oh my goodness. But I think that, you know, if you're going to learn, if uh, a lot of things they fixed, um, but if you're going to really study your mistakes, fix more than, 35 to 40% of them because there were still big issues with this movie. There were still giant plot holes and there's, there was all this effort put into this when half of these actors are not going to continue with the DCEU. Oh, <laughs> like no. that, that alone is like, well, and there's been so much Zack Snyder press this week about like, well, there was going to be two more movies and this is what was going to happen in those movies. And it's just like, oh, uh, this is painful. This yeah. Is painful. So it's, it's like, and they, they put all this effort into the final beat of this movie to say like, this is what it could have been, but now it's not going to be. So is that his audition to to be the the EP over the DC, you know, uh, to kick Nolan out? I don't know what what his move is with that, what it is, but no one's going to return to this universe that isn't um, that isn't needing it. Like Ezra Miller is going to return. Jason Moa is going to return. Gal Gadot is going to return. But everyone else, your your biggest hitters, Ben Affleck, Henry Cap. Oh, you froze. But yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll fill in. I'll fill in while you're frozen for a bit there. But like, yes, your biggest hitters, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and then Ray Fisher also, who was gonna appear in the Flash. He's he's gone too. You know they they've effectively shown him the door. They they could have uh, handled that situation uh, way better. Kirk, you were frozen. Sorry, I'm back. I know I said some some extremely beautiful and philosophical things that were kind well, of an were out of body. About, I started to fill in for you. You were talking about how like Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Ray Fisher are gone. Is basically yes. where we where we left you. 
Beautiful. I'll leave it at that in case I get frozen again. And um, you guys can, you you know, just read my mind. You you know what I was trying to say. And if not, you'll never know how beautiful the speech was that I just prepared for you. I'm going to give this bad boy a 4.9 out of 10 kernels. Ooh, we were pretty close. We were pretty, yep. cl- we were, of, we were of one mind on this one, which is, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I, yeah, I, I think we're, we should probably, so next we're going to move into, that's the end of our review. You should check out the Snyder Cut. Okay, check it out. If you have four hours, if you don't, I'm so sorry. It's it's a really <laughs> it's a really long time and you will fall asleep That's uh, during that scene where she talks to the arrow like we both did because apparently that's just like, I don't know, it's like Pavlovian or something um, that people just fall asleep there. But that's the Snyder Cut. You can see it on HBO Max. I don't believe you can see it in theaters. I think it's only on HBO Max. So that's the place to check it out. Um, we're moving into our segment, which is called Schoolyard Pick, where we will do a schoolyard pick of the DCEU films, and Kirk is actually going to be the one to kick us off. But I think it's I think it's worth noting a really interesting point that you brought up, which is like, okay, this sort of this movie sort of feels like the final culmination of the DC extended universe as we know it, um, because this was Zack Snyder's actual attempt at a Justice League movie. We know that Ben Affleck is pretty much gone; his solo Batman movie is not happening, and it sounds like. So there, there's been talk of him appearing in The Flash. I have no idea if that's happening. Um, they got in a big fight with Ray Fisher, which was a big no-no on Warner Brothers' fault. They should they should have just admitted defeat and said, no, we want to keep you because he's a good actor and a good cyborg. So now he's not appearing in The Flash, and there's not going to be any solo cyborg movie. It sounds like Henry Cavill's gone as well. Um, they're mulling over new superhero opportunities there. So this is really like... I don't know where they go from here. Like you said, I, I mean, if they even decided like, okay, people loved the Snyder cut, let's bring Zach back and he can, we can restore the Snyder verse as everybody is saying online. Um, I don't even know where he would start with that because it's pretty much in shambles at this point. So we're going to do our ranking, but it's hard to know where things go from here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Definitely. Is it me first? You said, yeah, schoolyard pick. Kick it off. DC Extended Universe. Okay, hold on. Sorry. I I lied. Quick points of inquiry. The DC Extended Universe includes every DC feature-length film after the Chris Nolan Dark Knight trilogy and excludes Joaquin Phoenix Joker. It's not not a tie-in. Okay, Everything else is on the table. And Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League are two separate films for all intents and purposes. So... Keep that in mind as well. Okay. My first one. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Christopher Reeve Superman is also. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I don't know the theme song by heart for Man of Steel, but. It's really freaking good, dude. That's the other thing. Really good. That's the other casualty is Hans Zimmer wrote some straight bangers throughout all of the DC EU with the, with the wonder woman theme, which is, I talk about all the time, but also that Superman theme for man of steel is one of the best pieces of movie score ever. Yes. And so rest in peace, Hans Zimmer, Superman score as well. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, I've trashed Zack Snyder a hundred different times, uh, on, on our podcast episodes, but he is the director of man of steel. And for some reason he got it mostly right. I mean, it, every movie has its flaws. There are very few, very few that don't, but, I really, really enjoy Man of Steel. I really think that that is the tone that they should have taken everything on. 
and they they kind it's kind of a return to form on that for the Snyder Cut. I will say that, but ultimately, it it you know of course the Snyder Cut misses the mark. But uh, Man of Steel, I don't know that one's not going away for me. I love that movie. Yeah, I think it's an upper tier one. It probably would have been one of my first picks as well. But for my first pick, I am going to go with Shazam. Dang it, Zachary Zachary Levi. I, I just think that movie is the least DC DC movie because it just had a ton of like, it was just very light on its feet. And I thought Zachary Levi was, was a perfect casting um, for his role. I think the only real issue with that movie um, is that the villains, the seven deadly sins, awful, awful villains. They look terrible and it just didn't deliver a good payoff, but I thought the movie was good and no, not because it's like closer to the Marvel formula, even though it is slightly closer to the Marvel formula, but I just generally think they got the casting right. I thought it was pretty well written for the most part. And it didn't fall into a lot of the same pitfalls that the DC films fall into, which I feel like is that they try to be super dramatic, but because you don't have a deep connection to the characters, because they do such a bad job with character development, they end up feeling melodramatic and empty and hollow. So it's like they try to go for drama, which I think is where they should go. But because they do a bad job with character dev, it's like feels so over the top soap opera. -y. So Shazam did not fall into that pitfall. And that's why it's my first pick. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm hate you. Uh, Cause that was going to be my <laughs> second pick. Um, the rest of this list is just awful. <laughs> it's just, it's really, those two are the leaders. Uh, so if I have to go with the, le the next, least terrible choice i have to pick the original wonder woman with yeah. gal gadot and i'll never say her name correctly because i always forget i think gal it's gadot. 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 Gal. yeah gal gonna go with gal gonna go with gal. wonder woman on this one yeah it you know that movie uh people thought that it was a really strong win uh you know it was all right it was it was just all right for me but way better than everything else on this list so that's my second pick Yes, which was going to be my second pick. You've left me in a really difficult spot because I liked Wonder Woman. I was not as high on it as some others who think it's like incredible. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was amazing. Um, but man, there are some toughies left on the board now. Yes. I am going to go with... I think I'm actually going to go with Zack Snyder Justice League. Here. Wow. Um, I think okay. <laughs> I've... I thought, like I said, like as an improvement over the original Justice League, box checked. I think they did some good things. I think they're, you know, it's flawed by design, but overall he did he did he did what I expected Zack Snyder to do with the material that he had. So I got you. I got you. Um I'm gonna pick uh my next one is gonna be pretty pretty shocking here. I'm gonna go around the headphones, see if I don't take them off. <laughs> putting my Batman cow back on in case yes. you're listening only. I got to go with Batman versus Superman. Nice. As my next pick. Now, the reason I picked this one is because not that it's superior to the other ones on this list. It slightly is, but because it's entertaining uh, throughout good and bad. You know, this is yes. the movie. This is the movie that gave us uh, Martha. Oh. Wait, your mom's name is Martha? <laughs> yes, it is. Mine too. <laughs> you know, See, that's what that I'm was, talking about. That's the melodramatic stuff I'm talking about. That I like, think whole, it's profound, but it's not. 
that was the whole reason that Batman didn't crush Superman's skull when he had, a, a, you know, like a kryptonite steak in his belly. You know, that's the only reason why. And then he's like, oh, what was I doing? What would my mom think? Like, oh, it, it, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But because of that, uh, there's that and there's moments where all of a sudden at some point, I remember going to the bathroom and coming back and all of a sudden Lois Lane was like drowning in a glass box. I'm like, how did that happen? How'd she get in this magician's tank? It turned uh, into the prestige for a second. Yes, <laughs> You're exactly. like, oh, Chris Nolan, what? exactly there's things like that that are with that movie that make it at least enjoyable things that are so bad and so off topic off beat that just make it good in a weird weird way so batman versus superman i love it it's a good pick and actually i've been re i was re-watching that movie before the snyder cut I, dude i like crash coursed a bunch of dceu <laughs> films over the last week and a half and that opening scene where it's like the end of Man of Steel and Bruce Wayne is driving through the str- the streets of Metropolis and his like SUV is yeah. pretty sick. It is, yeah. It's honestly like it gets you. It's really good. Yeah, I remember I remember that one clearly because I was so excited and um, you know, led down the wrong path because the rest of that movie is not that <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, then it goes downhill from there. Um, okay. My next pick Man, you're stealing all my picks right before me. It's so bad. Um, I'm going to go... Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to go Wonder Woman 1984. I think that that movie is sort of in a similar boat where like a lot of it was fairly entertaining uh, for the most part. And I thought there were okay. some good... I thought there were some good action sequences. I thought that... Um, they kind of massacred the storyline with Pedro Pascal's character, even though he worked overtime trying to get that to work. Um, and I think the whole Chris Pine thing is really, really strange in that movie. Um, and like a really weird gimmicky thing to try to, in an attempt to give that movie some level of emotion, but um, it, it mostly misses the mark, but I think it is still a tier above the very bottom echelon of DCEU films, which we're about to dive into. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, this is tough. Um there's only like four movies left. Uh I gotta go Suicide Squad. It's the Oh wow. <laughs> there is a movie on here that I will be shocked if it even makes our list because I think we have 12 films and we're doing five each. So Suicide Squad is above the other remaining DC films. Uh just out of pure curiosity as to how they would make that film work, which didn't. <laughs> so that's my pick. That is a surprise. Pick. <laughs> that's a surprise pick. I thought that one was going to be dead last. I was like, I pretty much told myself going into this, I'm not picking it. And if I'm left with it as my last pick, I'm just going to abstain. I'm just going to be like, Nope, not doing it. Um, so that's a surprise pick. I think my second to last pick. So this is my fourth pick. Now this becomes a little bit tricky. I think I got to go bop. Birds of Prey. I think I got to go Ooh. Birds of Prey. Is that the one you were talking about being the one you're surprised makes any list? No. Okay, okay, good. Because <laughs> I Birds of Prey should have been good. And it is, it's a shame. Because I think Margot Robbie does a really good job as Harley Quinn. But where that movie really misses the mark is with the supporting cast and these like... Um, the, the birds of prey that they add in like black canary and uh, all those other supporting characters just are not good. And, and just 
some really poor acting in that movie and some really poor writing. And I think that the first part of that movie starts out decently strong because it's like just Margot Robbie and they take like an almost Deadpool-esque tone with it in terms of her like breaking the fourth wall and being, you know, over the top crazy. Like it does okay. And then it gets weird and bad. Um, So that's why it is where it is on my list. So I just did a recount. I think there are only 10 that are yeah there are eligible. only 10 so we're going to pick all of them perfect i'm gonna let you pick the the final worst one so <laughs> with that i am going to pick the theatrical release of the justice league okay it's it's pretty it's uh you know uh that movie hard to watch uh still is uh as i watched the first i think 30 minutes back before i started snyder cut and then i abandoned it then i scrolled through to be like was that was that scene in the original, you know, I just kind of had to like check it for a little bit, but uh, yeah, bottom of my list, number five, because I didn't want to pick Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. This one is, this one is interesting to me because people, some people like genuinely like this movie and I'm not, I'm not bashing those people at all. I just, I just have questions for it because I think for me where it sort of like begins and ends, is just like, I don't like the Aquaman character that they've created in this universe. I just don't. I don't like it. I don't like the way, I don't like the aesthetic of like Atlantis and stuff in the movies either, which makes it really hard to watch. Like when they're underwater, I just don't think it looks good. I think it looks really bizarre. And the like banter and back and forth between Amber Heard and Jason Momoa feels awkward most of the movie. It's just, it, it's it's going to be a no for me, dog. I, I just, I don't, I don't like that movie. I, I didn't really find it super entertaining. And I was like, I was kind of left being like, why did we do this movie? Was it, was it totally necessary? Could we have waited a little longer? Could we have like developed some other stuff through group movies first and then tried to make this? Cause it just didn't, it wasn't believable at all. Like his, his like dislike of the Atlanteans and having to come to terms with like, his rise to the throne and all that stuff. It just, none of it worked for me. Yeah. I've still, to this day, I tried to rewatch that three different times, three different times. And I couldn't do it. I fell asleep every time. It was just so bad. And I am a big fan of uh, Patrick Wilson, who plays, I believe the evil brother in that. I don't know if he is or not, because I haven't finished the film, (laughs) but uh, I think that he's a, he's a good actor, good choice for a villain. But man, just didn't work. I'm with you. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think if you look at like fan scores and like critic scores on that one, it's like a, it it comes in a little bit higher than a lot of the DCEU stuff. But again, I just don't really quite get that. I, I guess if you don't buy it, you don't buy it. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. And they just kind of lost me from from beat one, so that's why I'm out on that one. But this is. This is such an interesting list to debate, and I hope that people who are listening are thinking about their lists right now. I mean, that's sort of the whole reason we do this, and I would love to see some lists. So if you guys have seen these movies and you want to share your list with us on social media, feel free to do it. You know how to reach us on Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, slide into our DMs, whatever you need to do. I think it's a really interesting conversation, and maybe we'll even strike up the conversation on social media later this week so that we can have it in a more open space, but I just think... I'm always curious to hear where people land on these because it is such a hard thing to mark. Like some people really love Batman versus Superman. Some people think it's the worst thing ever. I mean, it just, it's really interpretive. So 
I'm always interested to hear it, but it was a fun exercise to do. And it feels like we've just turned the page on the first big movie milestone of 2021 with Zack Snyder Justice League. Now in the rear view, we've got a lot of other exciting things coming up. We've got Godzilla versus Kong coming up. We're heading into Oscars. We're heading into the summer. There's, you know, the pandemic is improving. People are getting vaccinated. We're, you know, I don't want to get too optimistic, but it feels like we might have normal-ish life soon. So I'm really excited about what's to come. What's coming from us in short order is right after this, Kirk and I are going to stay in the studio and record our first episode of Spilled Popcorn covering the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That will drop as a podcast for the first time ever this Monday. Um, so if you're listening to the pod, the, the Friday podcast, it, it's already out. But if you're watching on the stream, it's coming out on Monday. And so we're going to do that. And we've got lots of other exciting things coming up. Um, three weekly episodes. You guys can connect with us on Discord. You can you can follow us on Twitch. You can follow us. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, anybody who's watched on the stream, we very much appreciate it. And for those of you listening, of course, we appreciate you more than you know. Um, but we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, who is actually just over at my house helping us out with some sound quality issues with the stream like minutes before we hopped on here. So very, very much appreciate Ryan's help and also our original music is by the wonderful group rhetoric you can check those guys out on apple music spotify and amazon music and we will play their music on the way out here but we will talk to you guys very very soon bye (laughs) 